Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What up, what up, what up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Thursday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Um, lots to talk about, uh, as usual, boy, they, they talk about an NFL off season, Devon. There's no NFL off season, especially when you're, you know, you're the team that you cover, uh, just went through a coaching search and a general manager search. And guess what that ends up doing? It opens the door for defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, linebackers, coach, special teams, coach. Uh, so it definitely keeps us busy, but we love that. Right, Devon? Oh, it's the best. Like you said, there is no off season. We're working around the clock. There's a new story every day. Every single day today, of course, um, if you haven't seen it, the Raiders uh, are interviewing or maybe they've concluded the interview uh, with Sean uh, Desai, the defensive coordinator, former defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. Um, his connection with Champ Kelly, who the Raiders just hired as their assistant general. Things move fast, don't they? Uh, Champ Kelly brought in as assistant general manager yesterday officially to join Dave Ziegler's staff. Dave Ziegler uh, and Champ and Josh uh, McDaniels go back a long ways. Uh, they all work together uh, at one point with the Denver Broncos. Um, so there's connections between those three. And oh, by the way, now there's a connection between Sean Deshay, Deshay and uh, Champ Kelly. They both overlapped with the Chicago Bears, and that's where Sean was last season, uh, his first as a defensive coordinator with the Chicago Bears. Um, And so the Raiders obviously need, and it's probably signals the official end uh, of of Gus Bradley. I know that Josh McDaniels, I I can't say that it's official because he's still on the website uh, listed under the coaches. Um, You know, there's, there's always a possibility that he can come back, but it sounds like with Gus Bradley reportedly interviewing with the Indianapolis Colts for their defensive coordinator position to replace the new Chicago Bears head coach, who was the Colts defensive coordinator. Uh, and that's why Sean uh, Desai is now available is because he was the defensive coordinator with the Bears last year. That staff gets replaced. Uh, Alan Wilson, I think, uh, is is now the defensive uh, coordinator with the Bears. That puts a good coach uh, in Sean to say onto uh, the open market and the bear and the Raiders uh, obviously uh, appear to be interested. Is he going to get the job? Wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be shocked. Uh, other names that we're hearing are uh, Wink Martindale and for Devon, you're 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 young. Do you know who Wink Martindale is? Uh, I know he's a defensive coordinator, but I can't give you his bone. No, the real Wink. Martindale. If you noticed, Don, it's Don Martindale, but he has the nickname Wink. Okay. Did he get like a legendary nickname from somebody? Is it like his oh, dad? Yeah. Go, or, go, okay. No, go Google Wink Martindale, not Don Wink Martindale. The older crowd, and I would think Q uh, knows this too, because uh, I'm sure just like me, when we were kids, you're watching game shows. Like game shows were huge back in our day. Like um, like they, they would run in the mornings and the afternoons when you came home from school. Uh, back, back in our younger days, um, for the most part, Early on in our lives, there are only like 13 channels. Uh, I know a lot of listeners right now uh, understand what I'm talking about. But Wink Martindale was a huge game show host. He was the host of so many shows that we all kind of watched and, and loved and everything like that. So when you hear, when, even when I say Wink Martindale in reference to the uh, defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens, who has been linked with the Raiders, 
it's hard for me not to kind of like wait. I'm I'm saying Wink Martindale here. It's Tic Tac Joe. Tick, oh, what a great show! Oh right yeah, those Jimmy were good. Suit. But those were like you know the the host would show up. You know he's probably knocked back a couple of cocktails uh, in the green room along with a lot of the guests. It was it was a different time uh, in the seventies and, and eighties. But Wink Martindale. That's why I think he. We, we'd have to ask if 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 Don Martindale ever gets the DC job with the Raiders. We have to ask. Come on, what's the? Did, did somebody just say, "Look, your last name is Martindale. We all know who Wink Martindale is. You're forever going to be known now as Wink Martindale." Uh, we got to get that cleared up. I mean, that's that. I feel like because he's in his older, he's probably like 50s, 60s. Yeah. Um. So I'm sure, like when he was a kid, oh, the adults thought that was pretty funny. Right. But uh, that that does not resonate with the younger people at all. Right. Now, I'm sure he doesn't care of what like 20 year olds think of his nickname. Right. But exactly. I, but it was it, it's aged. But once you're, yeah, when you're when you're uh, a little bit older, you know who Wink Martindale is because, again, you know there wasn't that many shows, man. Like you, you didn't have like all, you didn't have a lot of stations, so you had to watch what was on the ch- the thirteen channels that you had available to you when you were a kid. And game shows were a big part of that. And Wink Martindale was a big part of our and talk shows, the Mike Douglas show and shows like that. Um, just bringing back really good memories. And to be honest with you. A lot of that stuff back then is better than what they're doing now. Um, okay, take it easy. I think it's just because there's so much. It's hard to <laughs> differentiate yourself now because there's so much. Uh, that's why I'm like more live sports, documentaries. I love documentaries on uh, which drives my wife uh, kind of nuts. But uh, you know some of the some of the contemporary shows, unless you go on to Netflix or you know those type of things, Paramount, those type of things where where it's streaming. Huh. It's 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 slim pickings uh, on on the regular uh, t- uh, television stations, NBC, Fox, all that. Sorry to all my friends who who work over there, but I think even you guys know what's up. So anyway, Sean um, is interviewing or has interviewed um, with the Raiders, and we'll see where that goes. Don't, I wouldn't pay too much attention to all the numbers, all the statistics. The Chicago Bears last year were sixth overall in yards given up. Uh, but they were, I want to say, 16th or somewhere in that 22nd, somewhere in that world in terms of points given up. But Akeem Hicks played, I think, nine games last year total, their big uh, defensive tackle. Khalil Mack played six games last year total uh, for the Chicago Bears. So they were decimated uh, by injury with with two key players. And of their 11 starters penciled in starters going into the season only two played a full season so injuries played a role uh, in in that and nevertheless they were still pretty good and by the way their their offense was so bad as well so a lot of times when you have a bad offense that's going to hurt your defense without question and and maybe that played a little bit of a role in it uh too uh we uh, for, uh, Adam Hill our guy Adam Hill got a chance to talk to Robert Quinn the Chicago Bears outside linebacker who had 18 and a half sacks this year, which I think led the NFL or was right there, uh, you know, uh, amongst the leaders. He had some nice things to say uh, about about Sean uh, to say today uh, over at the, by the way, the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is in town. Yeah, I'm watching the skills competition on TV. Oh, I know this is yesterday. And they're, like, yes. and they're just showing, you know, obviously it's it happened yesterday, but they're showing it on TV today. We don't need to tell everybody that. Oh, well, I think they, they, they can figure it out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, you know. 
not that big of a deal anyway. It's, no, it's, no, it's not. But I'm just so I'm so interested in it because I saw everybody out there and from the media that was out there covering it yesterday. All your friends. It, yeah, and it's just like, oh man, this is cool. I'm actually watching it because I love like, the, I love these skill competitions. Hunter Renfro was even doing like this um like this precision passing contest here. This one right here. Yeah, we're, yeah Hunter we're, Renfro. We're watching Mac Jones. Yes, right he now. already went up. Yeah, I think Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson also was in part of the precision passing. Very good. I don't think he hit a target though. Oh, he didn't. I think Hunter he threw the ball a little bit when he was uh, back in high school or something like that. So uh, he was quarterback. Was he a quarterback? Okay, yeah, yeah. So there's Russell Wilson. Have you been to this park? We're talking about the Las Vegas AAA ballpark. Yeah, the the LV ballpark. Beautiful. No, I have not been. I have not gone to a game. I wanted to go to like the Enchantment Land they had. They did have that. They had the uh, Christmas trees or something. Yeah, like a little maze. Look, could do like a little ice skating. It's amazing. They did all that with a ballpark. It it is. But here's a suggestion. Go watch a baseball game there. Oh, man. Russell Wilson's on fire right now. Russell Wilson. This guy's the uh, real deal. When do the rumors start? I don't know. They should start right now from what I've seen. I've seen him hit a bunch of targets. Um, and he had the five. You know what rumors I'm talking about, right? Oh, him coming to the Raiders? I mean, everybody. Everybody, turn on the ESPN right now. This guy's on fire. He can't miss it. Yeah, that's right. So um, so things are moving along with the Raiders as far as uh, adding to Josh McDaniels' staff. Uh, it's an interesting time. By the way, we're, we're supposed to have Denzel Perryman. Uh, the Raiders, uh, you know, uh, great inside linebacker who had a great year and reflected by the fact that he's on the Pro Bowl team uh, and he's out there uh, doing his thing over at uh, the ballpark in Summerlin. Everything obviously will culminate with the big game on Sunday, which always and annually now marks a week between that game and the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, I know the Raiders aren't in the Super Bowl, but obviously everybody wants to, uh, to be in the big game. And I don't think it's going to take all that long before the Raiders get there. I have a sneaky feeling um, that the Raiders are going to represent. May, who knows? Maybe it'll be when the Super Bowl is here uh, at Allegiant Stadium. But, you know, it's bittersweet because you've got the Super Bowl, which is the biggest sports event. And I'm just going to say in Northern America, let's just say North America, that side of the world. Because every time I say in the world, everyone's like, no, it's the World Cup and soccer. Okay, I get it. Uh, but for in terms of one single day standalone event, I'm still going to throw it out there that uh, the Super Bowl is as big as it gets in the world. And there's always great anticipation for it, whether you're talking about watching the game, the halftime show, the spectacle, the whole week. Uh, if you're betting on it, if you're, you know, uh, doing, um, you know, a pool with your coworkers or at whatever Super Bowl party you have, the Super Bowl parties that are uh, in and around it, uh, it's just a tremendous event and there's cause for great excitement. But it also represents the conclusion of the season and it means that we're going to have to go X amount of months. I think uh, Damon had it yesterday at five, five months between the next regular season game in September. So it's very bittersweet because obviously it's the culmination and the greatest event, and we all look forward to it. And I'm sure Ram fans, obviously, and Bengal fans right now are doing the tossing and turning at night. They still can't sleep thinking about it. It's hard to get it off your mind. It is the Super Bowl. Um, And then once it's over, it's over, which brings me back to, Devon, what do you think is – what feeling – feels better. What's the more uh, prevalent feeling? I'll put it this way. The euphoria of winning it or the pain of losing it? I'm going to go with winning it 
because I mean you can win it and like you've reached a pinnacle. This is you saw Jamar Chase; he was crying after winning the uh, conference championship yeah. game, and Clyde Edward Tiller came up to him. So I know sometimes people get focused on, and then you had OBJ. how bad it feels, yeah, and Debo Samuel. But I mean that 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 feeling of winning it, like you've worked your entire life up to this point, because you know most of these players, you're that standout player, you're the best player on the field, right? When you're like eight, ten years All old, all of them basically, yeah. So like, you know, there's not many like, hey man, I just picked up football when I was seventeen right. years old, right? Went to college and I made it to the league in three years. No, that's not what. The, no, that's not what's happening. So for your life up to this point, point to finally reach that end goal. I feel like that's got to be like the most amazing feeling in the world. It is. And on the flip side of it is a very real thing as well. Because I remember, you know, when I covered the Rams and they played in the Super Bowl and lost to the New England Patriots, I remember talking to the next time I saw Les Snead after the general manager, uh, after, you know, uh, the exit interviews and all that good stuff, the next time I literally, you know, sat and talked with him was at the scouting combine, like about a month and a half later, right, in Indianapolis. And he was telling me how it was a process to get over the hurt that he felt. And this is the general manager. And, and the way he described it was, you know, imagine think about what it's going to feel like to experience the crown moment of your career, whether you're one of the coaches or a player or whoever. Um, and, and just thinking about that and thinking about that and focusing on what it's going to feel like and how it's going to feel when you win only to experience the complete opposite feeling, which is despair and hurt and rejection and dejection and all of that. You go from, and especially if it's like one of those, you know, game goes down to the fourth quarter in the last second, all that time you're thinking about winning the game. You're not even thinking about losing the game. And then it just, bang, just like that, it happens, whether it's a field goal that beats you or, uh, a last-minute drive, and that was kind of the way it was with uh, with the Rams and the, and the Patriots. And you go from that anticipation to this reality. And it said, he goes, it took me a little while to get over that. To you know, uh, and and it's just there's nothing that you can that can prepare you for that. I remember when I was working for the Lakers and they lost to the Boston Celtics. It, the Lakers were the better team, and they blew a couple of games late down the stretch in those games. And Laker fans will remember this, or, or you know, th- they know what I'm talking about. Was, I think it was 1984, and it w- it went from beating the hated Celtics, who had always owned the Lakers throughout the years in the playoffs and, and, and NBA Finals. It went from they're finally going to do this to the same thing happened again. All these years later with Magic and Kareem and, and those guys, that they were going to be the crew that changed it all. And that was just a hurt that you can't even describe. Now, there's obviously real-life hurt, and I'm not going to try to even compare it to, do, to that. But when you – the s- sports hate – sports um, despair is its own thing as well. I just watched a uh, video of the Cincinnati Inquirer took um, celebration videos – from fans and from readers, and they put together a video montage of all these fans um, having fun and celebrating the Bengals going to the Super Bowl, and it was just, I, I was tearing up. It was the, the happiness that uh, that Bengals fans felt was was really, it was, it was a special thing. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in Raiders linebacker Denzel Perryman, who's in town, obviously, he plays for the Raiders, but he's also on the Pro Bowl team. Uh, enjoying things out here in chilly, chilly 
uh, Las Vegas. I gotta, I, I gotta admit, and I saw uh, Denzel over at uh, the, the field over in Summerlin. He was bundled up because it's cold out here. Denzel, what's going on with the weather? Man, I don't know, man. I'm trying to figure it out like everybody else. This is supposed to be the desert of Vegas. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, before we get started, I want to talk to you about that because I know you're a Miami guy, a South Florida guy, went to school in Miami, grew up there. Uh, there's a heat in Miami, man, that is unreal. And I'm from California, so we don't have humidity and we don't have the desert heat. All right. So I got here a couple of years ago and I felt what that heat was all about. I'm like, holy cow, it is hot. But I've also spent a lot of time in Florida, so I know what that heat is all about. You have experience yeah. now with both. What heat is worse, the, the humidity in Miami or the desert heat here, heat here in Las Vegas? What's Man, I ain't going to lie to you. You know, being, being from Miami, I think I'm used to the humidity, so it's, like, not a problem. But uh, this heat out here in Vegas is it, different, man. Like, it's like, you know, it makes you want to have your AC unit on the whole time. It's like, you know, you never want to go outside. You know, you hope you don't have to go outside because, like, when that heat index say, like, 112, 115, it's actually, like, 130. It feel like, you know, like, you know how, you know, you got something in the oven and, like, you open it and yes. you get that, you know, that fresh wave of heat. That's what it feel like every time you step outside. All right. I want to stay there because, you know, I cover the team for the Las Vegas Review Journal. We're out there at practice. Let's go back to training camp. Like, like it was at 7 o'clock in the morning. But nevertheless, man, it was blazing hot at 7 o'clock in the morning. And I'm over there. We're over there doing our thing, which is nothing, just watching. And I kind of almost feel bad because you guys are out there busting your you-know-what in this heat. And we're talking amongst ourselves, like, how do these guys do it? Like, how do you put that out of your mind, Denzel, to get to work and get the work t- that you need to get done in that kind of condition? Well, man, I ain't going to lie to you. I got here right before the season started. Oh, yeah, so, that's right. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what those guys went through, you know, through uh, training camp. But I can only imagine, like I said, when I got here, man, like the heat index was, you know, like 115, 120. But, uh you know, going through that heat, practicing through that heat, you know, I dealt with it, you know, for a couple of weeks now. I can't say, you know, a whole training camp. Uh, I felt like that would have taken, uh, you know, a lot of grit and, uh, you know, a lot of heart to deal with. But like I said, man, I'm from Miami. So, you know, uh, you know, the, the heat, the sun ain't, a, you know, a problem at all. What's the problem is it's cold. Yeah, this, it is getting cold, man. I don't like it. Devon, what do you, you got a question? Yeah, Denzel, earlier today, you know, the media and that scrum, you know, everybody's asking you about places to go in Vegas. And you're like, you really don't know because you haven't been out in Vegas. So I got to ask you about the, your town in Miami. Where's your favorite place to go in Miami then since Uh-oh. you don't have anywhere to go in Vegas yet? Uh, man, it's going to sound real crazy. It ain't no big restaurant, but it's my favorite, Flanagan. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh Flanagan. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, Flanagan's the man. You got to get the wings. I'm about to give out the secrets. You got to go in there. You got to give out hot garlic. You got to get hot garlic. All right, all right. Put that on the list, uh, Demond. Oh, I'm writing it down now. All right, there we go. Let's. We, you know what? We should grub of it right now. That's what I'm thinking about. All right. So <laughs> man, Denzel, like that, man. Den- like that. Denzel, uh, I've covered sports a long time. All right, and I've never Ooh. covered a team that went through the you know what that you guys went through last year, and yeah. it was it was enough to knock some people out. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's teams that would not have been able to withstand it, overcome it, and thrive uh, uh, from it eventually. Like you guys did. I got to tip my cap because you guys hung with it. You fought. You fought through the uh, adversity. Uh, you made the playoffs. You won 10 games. It was, it was a good season. I know you guys fell short and all that, but have you ever experienced anything close to what you guys went through last year? Man, honestly, that's... Uh... The only thing I've experienced with, you know, team and, you know, kind of dealing with distractions like that was when I was in college and, you know, we got hit with the sanctions. Oh, yeah. Like, that was, 
like the most, you know, I ever dealt with, you know, as far as, you know, like team, you know, issues and, you know, distractions, you know, stuff, you know, happening, you know, after, you know, one after another. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is my first time I ever dealt with it. And, you know, but I can't say, man, you know, big, you know, big, much respect and, you know, much love. And, you know, like I said, you know, a lot of respect to, you know, Coach Versace, you know, who, you know, stepped up and, you know, made sure that, you know, the team, at you know at one you know at never at you know any point that you know we crumbled or you know we you know fed into you know any of those distractions like you know he made sure you know we did a great job you know also with the leaders on the team but you know as him stepping up you know getting that head coach you know he did a great job making sure you know the team you know stayed together and you know like you know like we just worried about us yeah no question about it and the the more we talk to you guys the more you know, we were feeling that resolve. Like you, nobody ever came in there hanging their head down and making excuses or pointing fingers. In fact, it was always we're going to be all right. We're going to get through this, and yeah. and, you, and you guys did. And and that's a tribute to every everyone that's in that locker room, including the coaches. And and Denzel got to go there, um, obviously, uh, as 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 great a job as Rich did, and the entire staff, um, and, and you guys as players. Obviously, in the NFL, change is always right around the corner, um, and it could come from week to week, as we learned this year. Uh, but certainly in this case, you guys are going to have to say goodbye to Rich Passaccia and move on with a new coach. As a professional athlete, um, how do you how do you deal with that? Because I know w- with the Chargers, you went through some coaching changes there uh, with them as well, and you just have to be a professional about it, I guess. But is it just, hey, no feelings allowed, just move on, move forward? Or how do you guys do that? Nah, man, I was just feeling there, man. You know, Coach had a lot of connections, you know, with a, you know, the bunch of guys there. You know, uh, he impacted a lot of people there. So, you know, there's going to be feelings there. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, we all know it's a business. You get what I mean? So, uh, I ain't going to say, you know, you don't have feelings. Like I say, you know, the feelings going to be there. You know, regardless, we're human. So, you know, feelings going to be there. But at the end of the day, you know, we know it's a business. And, you know, we understand, you know, he's going to do what's best for him and his family also. You know, obviously, you know, some guys wish, you know, he was still here. You know, I wish he was here too, but. Like I say, you know, and it is a business, so. Yeah, no doubt about it. And we're talking to Denzel Perryman, the Raiders' uh, great linebacker, Pro Bowl linebacker. Uh, he's going to be out there on Sunday um, at Allegiant Stadium representing uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, and, and Denzel, it's time to look forward as well. Um, you know, what do you feel like? You guys built something, I felt, last year, and it was, okay, this is where we could be, and now we want to get, you know, uh, even further. How important was it that you guys finished the way you finished the regular season, got to the playoffs, pushed the Bengals as far as you can push them, but do you feel like that's something that, that you guys can build off and build from next year? Yeah, of course, man. We can build off that, man. We can build off that whole season in general, man. Like I say, you know, uh, you know, we started off, you know, pretty hot, and, you know, after that, you know, we got hit with some distractions, and... You know, we could have folded it or, you know, we could have did what we did, which is, you know, stay together and, you know, finish the season strong. You know, we you know, we did have, you know, I think it was a, what, a three, four-game losing streak, and, you know, we bounced back from that. And, you know, I don't think, you know, I feel like, you know, every single guy, you know, in that locker room, every coach, you know, everybody, you know, in that organization, you know, I know they definitely, you know, want to build, you know, from – you know what we just went through. You get know what I mean? Absolutely. All right. So you, you, you're, you know, I feel like I'm sorry. I mean to cut you off. No, go for it. Like you know, a lot of teams. You know, a lot of teams. You know, and that, and that. You know, in that situation, you know, probably you know wouldn't have had that reaction that they wouldn't you know bounce back. You know the way that we did. You know, some teams you know might crumble. You know, some people may crumble. Denzel, you're, you're you're participating in the Pro Bowl. Uh, see you guys out on TV out there in Summerlin. Uh, I 
be honest, man. Are, is there any conversations like you know going up to uh, to maybe a maybe a player like, hey, man, ever consider playing for the Raiders in the Las, in, here in Las Vegas? Is are any of those kind of conversations going? You don't have to tell me all the secrets, but I mean, is there a little bit of you know, hey, uh, if you if, if whatever happens with your contract, we're over here in Las Vegas, great place. Oh, to nah, play. nah, nah. <laughs> I mean, today, man, it was just about you know leading the team, you know, getting the rules. You know, just getting the feel for the Pro Bowl for me. You know, this is my first one. So, you know, I'm just, you know, taking it all, man. You know, I ain't recruiting nobody just yet. But, <laughs> just yet. You know, yeah. You know, if I, if I hear, you know, a little buzz, you know, I might, you know, ask somebody like Vegas so far, you know, talk about it a little bit. But, nah, man, no no recruiting, man. You know, we just out here, you know, enjoying it. I, I know I'm enjoying it. Devon? All right, Denzel. We all know the mantra, stay hydrated. Where did stay hydrated come from? Uh, honestly, man, that just came, like, I forgot one day, I think I was going out to practice, and, you know, our social media team was, uh, you know, they, they film everybody as they walk out, you know, some guys, you know, walk out, they dance, you know, some guys walk out and say this, and I was just, you know, hey, you know, day one, training camp, you know, it's a little sunny out here, you know, appreciate everybody coming out, and, you know, just stay hydrated, you know, it's just, it's just you know what I mean, it's just a message, man, and uh, that's just been my thing, man, so. It's, That's all I say now, man. Just say hydrated. It started organically and has grown from there. All right, Denzel. Thank you so much for spending some time with us uh, in the huddle. Good luck on Sunday uh, and uh, and the rest of this off season. And we'll check with you uh, down the road, brother. Uh, man, thanks for having me on, and I appreciate it. I see you guys. All right, man. That's Denzel Perryman, inside linebacker, middle linebacker, uh, great middle linebacker. That dude played his off. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, there was. You know, just watching him, and I, you know, obviously with the Chargers had some great years, uh, but here with the with the Raiders, his ability to play sideline the sideline uh, and just be an impact player uh, from day one was huge for that Raiders defense. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m. on a Thursday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. So, so uh, Sean say, check this out. Undergraduate degree in philosophy and political science with a minor in biology... From Boston University, master's degree in higher and post-secondary education from Columbia University, and earned a doctorate in educational administration in 2008 at Temple University, and was uh, uh, a professor for two years at Temple University while coaching the football team. You talk about a great educational background, and I've said this a million times, coaching is teaching. Coaching is teaching. You have to be able to teach. We've talked about this so many times. Not only do you have to be able to teach, you have to be able to reach people in a way that they can digest information. People learn and digest information differently. I, you know, I, I've said this. I'm, I'm terrible with math. That's why I always, Devon, help me out. Because I know he's better at math than I am, period. All right. And I'm sure he and I learn differently. He might, Demond, you might be somebody that if you put it up on the chalkboard, you get it instantly, or it's just verbally explained to you. You might get it instantly. That's one way of learning. 
Then there's people who have to go out onto. You have to show it to them. You have to, you know, walk it out on the field with them if you're talking about football. And you have to, as an educator, understand that people digest information differently. And if you're hard-headed about it and just want to teach it one way and expect everybody else in the room to digest it and absorb it and process it, the one way that you're teaching it, you're pretty much an idiot because it doesn't work that way. And when I see this candidate that the Raiders uh, have brought in to um, interview him for uh, their defensive coordinator job, uh, Sean Desai, and I see that he's got that educational background, man, that my eyes perk up or ears perk up when I, when I hear and read that type of stuff because it's super, super important now more than ever because what did we talk about yesterday? You have less and less time with your pupils, with your players. Less time in the classroom, less time on the field, less time together, less communication. Um, everything is, is, is condensed. There's rules and regulations that were never in place, you know, 15, 20 years ago that you have to adhere to and abide by. And so the best teams are obviously you have to have great players. There's no question about that. That trumps everything. But it's kind of always uncanny that the best teams – while they also have the best players, a lot of times they're the smartest teams or the, the teams that understand the assignment the best, the most. And a lot of times that's um, that, that, that process is pushed further quicker because you have good teachers that are teaching it to the players. And so, you know, when you see that, that's something that, in addition to, obviously, he played football, he knows football, he's coached football. Somebody on Twitter said, oh, so well, I have a doctorate degree in something. Should I be applying for a football? No, you don't know football. <laughs> that's, that's not the point. He is a football person who is learning, who has learned how to teach as well and mastered the ability to teach. That's what his background suggests. So... His passion is football. Now he also has a master's degree and so on and so forth in education and teaching. So who do you think is going to be able to better articulate and explain and teach the concepts than somebody that has invested himself the way Sean has invested in himself to teach? That's my point. Some of you guys on Twitter, man, I got I to gotta say, wow, it's, it's, it could be – it's scary sometimes. I'm just saying. Mitch is in New Jersey. How you doing, Mitch? Hey, Vinny. How's it going? Good, brother. How you doing? Uh, pretty good. I like that uh, fiasco down in D.C. We won't even talk about uh, the Girl Boys Club there with the NFL, but um, the name, Commanders? I don't mind the Commanders. Yeah. I, I do mind what the owner has allegedly done. I think that's ridiculous. The, the name itself, I'm, I'm cool with it, Commanders. That's fine. You know, It's better than the previous name. I'll say that right now. Definitely. I, I, I wonder the Senators or even Generals. I've heard the Washington Generals. I mean, that, that was the foil for the Globetrotters. And I was I was hoping for the Red Tails. The Red Tails were a uh, squadron of pilots. Um, I think it was World War II. It was an African-American squadron of pilots that just kicked butt in World War II. And um, so th that was one of the names that they were considering were the Red Tails in honor of uh, that squadron. So that was that would have been my pick. Um, but they went with the commanders, so it, it's all good. You got a Raider question? Well, um, well, you know your history. Um, Thank you. 
I think these uh, coaches. I I don't think I, I was really happy with Josh. I know that uh, Brian Leftwich is uh, getting out of Jacksonville, and that's another story uh, uh, organization. Uh, I would have had with him Fraser, or even the Dolphins the corner for Kansas City with Bellamy. That I remember as a running back coming out of Kansas, Bellamy. Yeah, is that his name I believe. Eric Bieniemy. Um, yeah, Eric. Are you happy with this coach? I, I don't think he did so well on his own once he once he left. Uh, Belichick, um, he didn't do so well. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, what we've been talking about it all week, and you know, obviously he 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 had a uh, a bad go at it when he was thirty three years old as the uh, first time head coach of the Denver Broncos. He's he's you know owned up to it and admitted what the mistakes were, what he felt the mistakes were, where he needed to grow, where he needed to mature, where he needed to get better, and we're all going to find out if he heeded those lessons and 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 uh, is ready to apply those lessons learned in his next uh, go around as a head coach, but we'll find out uh, pretty soon, you know, whether he has or not. It sounds like he has uh, not just taking his word for it, but, you know, talking to people around the NFL. And I have to say this, and I've been reporting it. There's been nothing but real genuine. If there's, if I could use the word applause, uh, but, but just really genuine positivity around the NFL for the Raiders hire of Josh McDaniels. And and I say this all the time. That isn't always the case. You'd, you'd be surprised some of the things that you hear uh, when you bring certain things up or certain people up uh, to people in the know. And, you know, if they're not feeling it, they're going to let you know they're not feeling it in no uncertain terms. This is a cutthroat business in a lot of ways. And there's no uh, room for, you know, feelings. And, you know, it gets told to you in a way that they know that you're not going to go report it that way. Um, but you know, if there were some misgivings, you're gonna uh, you're gonna clean it all up a little bit and say, mm, uh, this isn't really going over well uh, around around the rest of the NFL. But this is, and that's just at least for the people that I talk to, and I respect the people that I talk to enough to know that uh, this probably has a, a chance of working out more, a better chance of working out than not. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider Tone is online. How you doing, Raider Tone? Hey, Vinny, man. The more I hear. The more I hear about your background and all the stuff you cover, man, I am so impressed. I didn't know that. I mean, I read Jim Murray back in the day and all this other, all the guys that beat writers up here. So I, I'm really impressed, man. I so I apologize for not knowing all the history on oh, you. Oh, so good. No worries. It, yeah. So hey, so a couple of things. I think, and this is just a small, the identity of the Raiders is changing a little bit. And I think Al Davis would be so proud of Mark by the transition, the move. Going to Vegas, what he's done to the, what he's done for. But I think as a father, you know, you want your son, you want your son to kind of know what he's done. And, and I thought, I kind of wish Mark knew the game a little more. But I say that though, he knew the, like he said, he, he knows enough what he doesn't know. So he gets the right people in place. I like the Josh McDaniels move, but I think there's a small, you hear, you know, the Bronco touching it, the Patriots, of course, the Patriots thing in it. All pretty good or good organizations. I don't want to speak highly of either one, but because there are competitors. But <laughs> I think in the big picture, that it, it is a, it's an identity. The 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 open transition is officially, officially, officially in Las Vegas with Josh McDaniels coming with that. That being said, if there's ever going to be a move when they decide to do on Derek Carr, if anything ever happens on Derek Carr. To me, the only guy that I would want would be Russell Wilson. I don't care. You go. You put all your chips in. Whether he doesn't fit in Josh Manuel, Josh Daniel, McDaniel's system, I don't care. Josh, uh, Russell, 
Russell Wilson is is a is an elite superstar quarterback. What's your thoughts? And last thing too, Hakeem Nix. That's the other guy. Anything else, man? Um, I'm gonna I'll be tuning in. And again, I like your work, um, uh, Vinny. I I think you know it so well. And we're just lucky to have you covering the Raiders every day. And it's and you give us all. I never got this information in the Bay Area. I've said it a hundred times. And I appreciate what you do. Oh, I appreciate uh, uh, the compliments, and you're, you're why I do what I do. To be honest with you, uh, and and why I take it so seriously, because I know, um, you know that that fans like yourself. All I'm trying to do is tell the, um, and and when I say fans, I mean Raider fans. But all I'm trying to to do, to be honest with you, uh, and I tell people that I cover too. Like I'm just trying to tell the most accurate story possible, good, bad, and different. Whatever is happening, uh, I'm going to try to tell it the most accurate that I can tell it. And sometimes that's going to be agreeable to readers. Sometimes that's not, but you're always going to get my honest feelings and thoughts uh, and, and, and accuracy when, when, you know, that's what I'm talking about in terms of, you know, uh, Josh McDaniels system and all that. If you just go back to his um, time at new England, they've had, obviously Tom Brady was the prevalent quarterback there. Uh, but they've had different types of quarterbacks, and he's shown when Cam Newton came in, they rewrote the Patriots' offense to suit Cam Newton. Now, Cam Newton, and we've talked about this before, I think he was just a shell of himself. I don't, I just don't think that he was healthy anymore. You know, I think that his, it wasn't necessarily his skill sets that deteriorated. It was his body. We've seen that, you know, happen before, especially a big physical player like he is that I always felt the refs, didn't keep an eye on the way they should have. They let a lot of hits go that uh, were out of line, I thought. That's just my personal opinion. And I think by the time he got to New England, he was kind of a shell of himself physically, so he wasn't able to carry it out the way he would in a younger day. But the offense was suited for him, and that's a credit to that offensive staff. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Thursday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. If you're watching the skills competition on, what was that, NFL Network? ESPN. It's a little cold in Las Vegas right now. It does get cold in Las Vegas. It's funny. I just saw a tweet. I think it was Las Vegas locally, and they were like, you know, Las Vegas, uh, you know, uh, residents complain about the three months of just wicked heat. But now they're complaining about the. Uh, I, I wouldn't even say it's wicked cold, but it's it's pretty darn cold, Devon. And it's the wind more than anything, I'd say. Yeah, nobody wants to deal with that wind chill. Yeah, and then well, you just got to complain. You got to complain about it either way. Yeah, okay? although there's some beautiful days out here. There's a lot of beautiful days in. Today felt pretty good, to be honest. If you ask me. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. It was uh, yet last night was was worse for sure. Um, although we're still not quite in the evening time here in Las Vegas. Um, by the way, that drives me nuts when I say you know on Twitter I'll say you know uh, something's happening at two p.m. two p.m. Eastern or two p.m. I'm in Pacific time. I'm gonna talk about the time that I'm in. So just. Take that. If you're on Twitter and I say 2 p.m., it means 2 p.m. where I am locally. Gosh darn it. 
So uh, we don't get enough respect here on the West Coast. And I don't blame people on the East Coast. I was just having a conversation about this with my friend who spent some time on the East Coast. And he couldn't watch Laker games because they were on so late on the East Coast. I go, that's what I've been doing. Because he would always talk about East Coast bias, East Coast bias. I'm like, it's not necessarily a bias. It's called they're sleeping when most of our games on the West Coast are being played. It is a hard deal to stay up. I know when I travel during the um, NFL season, you know, and for let's say in New England or New York or wherever, and let's say I go out on a Friday or even on a Saturday, you know, college football trying to keep up with the West Coast games that start 7 p.m. Pacific time, that's 10 o'clock on the East Coast, which means a college game, man, those things last like four, four and a half hours sometimes. You're, and and I got to get up the next morning if it's the if it's the you know the game that I'm covering is on Sunday for a one o'clock game which means I got to be there at eight a.m. I'm not going to stay up till two o'clock in the morning to watch USC or Cal or Stanford or whoever UNLV. I just can't do it, and I care about it. And imagine living on the East Coast and you're like, I'm not going to, I can't stay up this late. Which is why, why do Pac-12 schools and and Mountain West schools don't the, the seven o'clock game is ridiculous. It makes sense on the you East Coast. You want to be on TV. Like, that's like saying, but they're not is, even watching. Who's not watching? On the East Coast, they go to sleep. Who cares about the East Coast? You want that time to where, hey, we have a game on ESPN. It's like the same way the Mac has their games on Tuesday. Hey, yeah. it's our day. Yeah, but just play it at five o'clock. But then you got to compete. Like, you got the SEC teams, the Pac 12 teams. They're, I mean, not the Pac 12, the Big 12, the Big 10 teams. There's enough stations where no, you can get on. No, no, there isn't to where you are the game that's on ESPN leading into Sports Center. Yeah, but I, I'm just telling you that, that nobody's staying up to watch that second half, or very few people are watching that second half because it's just too late. Um, you know, you, you, you're, you're going to sleep by the time. And you also got to think about the actual fans that, that are on the West Coast. I don't think that a lot of fans want to go to a game where they're going to be getting home at midnight, too. I I know a lot of West Coast fans are like, why do I have to go to the Coliseum, Los Angeles, at 7 o'clock, 7.30? Why can't this game be at 5 o'clock so I can have... TV contracts, that's what it is. I know it. I know why they do it, And but I think that it's it's the irony of it all is what they're trying to capture a lot of times is the East Coast. They want that. They want the stage for the national stage, ESPN is a national stage, but half the country is still not watching. So you'd be better off figuring out a way to get on one, you know, whether it's ESPN2 or Fox or CBS or something, you know, NBC, and playing your games at even 5 o'clock locally and 8 o'clock back east. Because there, there's 8 o'clock back east is good to watch a game. You, you know, there's better stages. There's better windows for West Coast teams than that seven o'clock game that starts on the Pacific co- on on Pacific time. I'm not gonna lie, me going to college out here and like hey, even having to do play by play on games that start around this time. I don't five I'm, o'clock. No, yeah, seven. I mean late. Oh, I thought you're talking about right now. No, seven later. I mean, I I'm all I'm all for this, and this is one of the few times where I'm going to side with the money. Well, take of course the, you're going to take the money. No, I'm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, but oh, I'm just saying, Mountain like, West team. But just don't like, complain about East Coast bias because it's not East Coast bias. They just they're they're asleep. When the game, when when the big game is, is well, going on, know one of the, also another benefit. I just looked at a promo for whatever the ESPN game of the week is going to be on Wednesday. No, 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 this Friday. Excuse me, this for coming Friday. College basketball, 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 NBA basketball. I forgot who the two teams were. Game starts at eight thirty Eastern. They're not trying to do them any favors on which is East great Coast for us because it's five thirty. Exactly, <laughs> it's perfect for us. Yeah, but th- but 
okay, but we're so still talking can, about ten can, o'clock. But I'm we're saying ta- they can make the time for what they want to watch. I okay, eight thirty is still different the TNT, than eleven o'clock. The TNT crew is basically up at like one o'clock in the morning. They are wrapping up that wrapping up those games. Uh, yeah, after a doubleheader with the Golden State Warriors and and the Lakers. Yeah, they they are and they have to be and. Um, but it's just it's 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 rough, man. I'm like saying, I, if you want to watch those games, you'll put the time in. I even I I do want to watch the games, but I still end up falling asleep during college football. It's hard watching those games. I don't I don't, and it's it's a problem that we have to um, you know deal with because we're I'm talking about like Heisman Trophy rankings, all of those type of things play into it because you need eyeballs to watch the games in order to get your just due, whether it's you know, uh, consideration for the playoffs, uh, Heisman trophies, awards, all that type of thing. Um, what is this right here? Dodgeball. What are you talking dodgeball, about? Dodgeball. Nice. Yeah, but they, I thought it was one ball in dodgeball. What? How old are you? Uh, no, how many do- balls? How many balls are in? I don't dodgeball? know how many they have, but they usually, have like eight. Well, yeah, usually let's say five across. You know, the whistle blows. You all run and get a ball. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then come on, it's did been you a long time. You don't watch the movie Dodgeball? I love that. Yeah, but I yeah, <laughs> but that was a hilarious. That's how you win in dodgeball. Yeah, you got to get mean. Dive, duck, dip, D- dive, yes. and dodge. That's what uh, John Gruden uh, had that saying one time. He he came out. He I had to text him the real. Deal, because he mangled it all up. Div, dive, dive. No, no, it doesn't matter. You know what? But we knew what he was talking about. Yeah. Rip Torn, right? The yep. actor. You can, <laughs> dodge a, great... you can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball. <laughs> that was a great movie. I love that movie. Uh, that it was, and they came out here for the big tournament. It was in Las Vegas. Yes, and then they had to win. Yeah, I I read it in ESPN when I was Obscure taking my flight to Cincinnati. Sports magazine. I was waiting, um, uh, you know, at, at near my gate and a, a plane arrives in Las Vegas. And guess what they were talking about coming off the plane? Dodgeball? Yeah. Some like not the movie, but an actual <laughs> league or something like that. I go, wait a minute. There's is there really a dodgeball league? But I guess so. Anyway, we're talking about the Raiders, obviously. And uh, as they move along in filling out their coaching search, um, and coaching staff, I should say. So uh, a lot of news to report, a lot of rumors out there, a lot of talk, a lot of scuttlebutt. Uh, but slowly but surely, it'll all come together. Um, and in case anyone was worried, uh, Champ Kelly, the Raiders' ge- assistant general manager, is in Mobile, Alabama, last I heard, uh, scouting the players. The Raiders have a staff of scouts that are there as well. Uh, so they're not missing any beat there. The scouting combine will be happening this year back in Indianapolis. Um, so they'll be uh, in full force out there getting ready for free agency, getting ready for the draft. It, it, it never ends. And the Raiders now have what looks to be a fairly complete um, front office, at least right now. Uh, I'm sure there'll, things will change after the draft. That usually does. Uh, but for now, they have their staff in place in terms of the draft and free agency. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where they take all this, what positions they prioritize, what they prioritize in free agency, the free agents that they want to bring back, who they're targeting in the draft. It all is really just getting started right now, and uh, we love that here at Raider Nation Radio. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Thursday.